Welcome to the St. Joseph Radio Presents live program broadcasting to you from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. The program that for over 30 years has brought you eloquent speakers from across the globe to help explain, clarify, and evangelize the Catholic faith. Our program covers a variety of topics relating to current issues and occurrences in our daily lives. Now, with the aid of technology, we are able to bring the gospel message to the four corners of the world where Christ himself did say, those who have ears ought to hear. It is our hope at St. Joseph Radio that through these programs, we can help evangelize the world and change one soul at a time. Now, here is your host to introduce today's guest and topic. Well, thank you, Matt. And I am Peter Karutz, your host today, and I am also your guest. So have you ever felt like you're talking to yourself? I am going to be doing exactly that. So welcome. Today's program is May We All Be One. You know what? I don't think we're very much one these days. There's so much conflict. There's so much cancelization. Have you ever noticed that, when, when at least when I was young, two people could argue and disagree and uh, do it over a beer and, and have fun and, and go out to dinner afterwards and still be friends? When I was in high school, Tip O'Neill was... Um, was the Speaker of the House, and Reagan was president, and they didn't agree on hardly anything. And you know what? They were friends, right? They were friends. We have lost the ability to disagree without being disagreeable. Today, we're going to be going much beyond being agreeable or disagreeable, and we're going to be talking about actually being one. So welcome to St. Joseph Radio Presents this is Peter Karutz. We are going to be talking about being one, being one, and not being separate. This is a live program. We're here in St. Louis, the Rome of the West, and as we say, we're going to get right into it. And uh, before we get right into it, we're going to say a prayer, because that's what we always do when we begin uh, Father Augustine, who is one of our regular guests, he's going to be on not next week, but the following. He always says that the Benedictine tradition uh, dictates that all good works begin with prayer. So that's what we're going to do. So let's go. Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for allowing us to take our first breath this morning, to open our eyes, to realize that your grace and mercy has given us another day to work to your greater glory. Help open our minds and our hearts, soften our hearts to be one. Soften our hearts to be forgiving. And help us understand that that is not only your desire, but prayer that we all be one. Help us pray with all our hearts. Uh, help us 
live as if we're depending upon ourselves to do all things, but pray as if it's all dependent upon God, and it is. We ask all of this in your name, our Lord, and we wrap it in the mantle of Our Lady, and we'll say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, one other reminder, we are on YouTube. We're on Roku, Roku. Hey, you know, I don't know if any of you have the internet or, the, or a phone, but when you have a chance, not while you're driving, of course, do it when you have a chance. Go to YouTube, type in sjen.tv, sjen.tv, St. Joseph Evangelization Network.tv, and you're going to see all kinds of YouTubes pop up. Let me just run through a few of them just to tease you a little bit. Uh, the first one doesn't sound very Catholic. It says Satanism. Wow, what in the world is that? It's a. I will just. I will just leave it at that. Check it out. There's one called Unconventional Love. The next one is uh, is we uh, how we grow again. That's with Luke Cortese, our director here. Look, uh, the venerable Milton uh, Mil, uh, Fulton Sheen. Sorry about that. Uh, the former saint. He has a couple of talks on here. This one is the importance of forgiveness. I think that'll work well with our talk today. Uh, the next one is almsgiving. Hey, you know, there's all kinds of, oh, wait, wait, one more. I don't know if you all know Deacon Harold Seavers, but he has a talk on here on humility. The man is absolutely dynamic. I could go on and on and on, and I, and I might, but check us out. Check us out on YouTube. Check us out on Roku, that's sjen.tv, and again, today we are alive. I'll give you the phone number later on in case you would like to uh, order a CD of this program or any other one, and just remember, we do have Catholic Man of the Year coming up. Please join us. It's on June 13th. Give us a call. I'll give you the phone number, 636-447-6000, It's June 13th, the Sunday. Come join us at the Hilton Frontenac uh, their uh, space is limited, but please come and celebrate some good Catholic men. Today, we are going to be talking about may we all be one. So as we say on the radio, let's get right to it. So here's what I hope to share with everyone. How can we all be one? Doesn't make much sense, does it? We can't all be one. Maybe we can. How can we all be one? What are the benefits? What do we accomplish with this? And quite frankly, does it matter? I'll do that again. How can we be all one, all one? What are the benefits? What will we accomplish by being one? And getting real, what does it really matter? You know, I got to I got to be honest with you all. This this program is not going to go in the direction that you think it is. Um, I, I, was, uh, I was at a talk given by my former pastor. He is now Bishop Emeritus Herman, Bishop Herman, and he is the exorcist of our diocese, or at least he used to be. He's retired now. And he was giving a talk on spiritual warfare. I'm ready for this. You know, I thought we're going to have a talk about driving out devils, spinning heads, some, maybe some levitation, superhuman strength. 
and I was, I was ready. I was excited to hear what he had to say. Well, guess what? <laughs> he didn't talk about that stuff. I was, I was one disappointed guy. Uh, and, and, I, and I didn't get it. I didn't understand where he was going with this. Uh, so this talk is going to be the same thing. It's not going to be exactly what you think it's about. May we all be one. So let's start out with some scripture. So are we all to be one? All of us? Are we uh, just some of us? A couple of us? So I'm going to read very um, uh, selectively from a couple of verses. Uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verse 20. Let me read my selected pieces and then I'll read the whole thing. John 17, 20. I pray, this is our Lord speaking, I pray that they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that they may be one as we are one. You know, I, I think our Lord said it a couple of different times. He didn't say be like each other. He didn't say be in agreement with each other. He said to be one. We understand as Catholics and Christians the theory, the idea, the dogma of the Trinity. Three persons, one God. Truly, as much as anything ever can be, God is one. He is calling us to be one. And the first words are, I pray. I pray. So look, we are all burdened with the English language. We use words and we have a context and uh, a, a background and an assumption as to what the words mean. But when we say the word pray, what do we really mean? So if there are any lawyers out there, turn to the person next to you and tell them what you write on almost every legal document when you're petitioning the judge for something. The first words were, we pray the court, or we pray for this uh, ruling. Let me guarantee you, these lawyers are not worshiping God or worshiping a judge. They're asking. The word pray means to ask. So what was our Lord doing? He was, he was asking. Now, I'm sure that we have all seen the movies, and, and perhaps maybe even some of us have seen an execution. I haven't. Um, but we've seen it in the movies. And what is one of those classic questions? You know, if you've seen um, um, the movie with Saint, about St. Saint Thomas More, uh, he was executed, right? When you, when you uh, talk to a dying person, a person who, an innocent man who's about to be executed, what's one of the words that are said? Or shall I say, one of the questions that are classically posed to the condemned man before he faces a very 
certain death. What do you have to say? Do you have any last words? Context. Context. Our Lord said, I pray that you all be one. When he was on his way to the Garden of Gethsemane, clearly the last days of his earthly life, an innocent man about to be condemned to death, and he has a prayer. If you or I, if you or I were with a friend who was dying of natural causes, and this friend held our hand and said, I have something to ask you. These are my last words. These are my last wishes. Would we listen with all our heart? Would we do almost anything that this person was asking? Here we have our Lord, an innocent man, going to his death, his last words, and he says, I pray. He's praying to the Father for us that we all be one. I think we should listen to what our Lord says. He is desiring that we all be one. So, shall we do it? Shall we all be one? Shall we listen to these words of a condemned innocent man facing execution? Should we listen? Should we hear the prayer of our Lord? Should we have confidence that the prayers of our Lord are heard? You know, we pray and we have great confidence that our prayers are heard. Here we have our Lord walking to his death, quite literally, praying for us. Do we think his prayer would be heard? Do you think that we should do our part to fulfill that prayer? So, our Lord's prayer, his wish, shall we all agree, is his directive to us that we all be one. I think it's clear. I think he's going to help us do what he prays for, that we all should and shall be one. I'm, I'm going to ask everyone, if you're not driving, uh, to write a few things down. Take a piece of paper and I would like you to write down on the right side the names of your closest friends. If you're driving, kind of do that mentally. Think about those people who you just love. And, and these can be, you know, your old high school buddies you haven't seen in a while. Or these can be your coworkers, a, a club or, you know, a men's group. You know, I, we, we have a men's group met this morning. If I don't go, man, I miss it. I miss it terribly. I love being with these people. And on the left side, I'd like you to write something else. But before I tell you what to write down, let me just remind you that this is St. Joseph Radio Presents, coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. And I am your host and your guest today, Peter Karutz. Today's program is May We All Be One. 
Also, please remember, if you'd like a copy of this program or any other one, call us on 636-447-6000 or go to our website, saintjosephradio.net, and uh, you can request a copy there. And uh, please also consider joining us on the 13th of June for uh, the Catholic Man of the Year. How about that for a, a easy segue? So on the right side of the paper or on your, the right side of your mind if you're driving, you're going to write down all these people who you absolutely love, those folks who just make life a joy. Think about how you feel when you're with them. Now, on the left side of the paper, what I'd like you to do is write down those people who you really don't like. These are the people who irritate you. These are those people who make your life not so much fun, right? These are the people who, I'm trying not to use any any, uh, bad words, but these are the people who you, I'll just say, you really, really dislike. Let's think about those people, all right? You have the people on the right who you really love, the people on the left who at best, irritate you. Let's keep them in mind. Let's think about them. And what, let, me, let me give you a little, little other perspective, please. My children, my daughters, when they were young, one of the greatest insults they could give you or me <laughs> was, you have no friends. So if they were really angry at me, they would say, you know, they're about to burst. They don't know what to do, where to go, what to say. they say, you have no friends. Why, why is that so powerful for a young person? I, I think it's because friends, especially for the young, mean so much to them. And perhaps as we get older, our friends really do have such a great part in our life. Think about these friends that you have when you're not with them. You miss them. And think about how you feel when you spend time with them. I am invited to, to our high school reunion. It's coming up in uh, September. These are, these are guys. I went to a minor seminary in Indiana. And uh, the 60 to 70 of us, we lived together almost year-round, but for a few trips home. We we really, really got close. I haven't seen some of these people in about over 40 years, quite literally over 40 years. So I'm so looking forward to that. Think of that, how you feel when you're together. That's what our Lord wants for us. He wants us to feel that togetherness. But in order to do that, in order to get there, in order to be one, you need to extend a lot of yourself and a lot of forgiveness. A lot of forgiveness. I mentioned Bishop Herman a moment ago. Now, Bishop Herman, as I mentioned before, was our um, exorcist for the diocese. He gave a talk on spiritual warfare. Um, And during this talk that I went to see, that I was hoping I would hear about demons being 
extracted from people and uh, all, all the things you see in the movie. What I was, that's what I was hoping to hear, but that's, that's not what I heard. What I heard was how we can give or take away power from the devil. So here's one of the, one of the questions he asked. This is tough. This is, this is not going to be easy, and a lot of people are going to bristle. Remember, I had you write down mentally or actually on the right side of the paper those people you love and love to be with, and on the left side of the page those people who you don't like, who irritate you. Here's what Bishop Perman said. Think of the person who you love the least. Dare I say, hate the most. I don't think Bishop said that. Think of the person who you love the least. Maybe hate. If that person falls, you hope he breaks his leg. And it's painful. Right? This is somebody you really don't like. Think of that person. Bishop Herman said, I didn't say it. The exorcist of our diocese said it. He said, think of that person. Think of how much or how little you love that person. Here you go. Hang on to your chairs. Hang on to your steering wheel. Bishop said, that's how much you love Jesus. Huh? <laughs> Think of the person you love the least. Think of the person who aggravates you. Think of the person you love the least. Bishop Herman said, that is how much you love Jesus. You know, in the words of, uh, of St. Peter, when he heard something tough from Jesus, he said, those are hard words. Hey, I'll admit to you, Bishop Herman, those are very hard words. Our Lord is looking for us to have unity. Before we can have unity, we have to extend forgiveness. Uh, Bishop Herman actually gave the same talk with two different titles. One was called Spiritual Warfare. The other one was called uni uh, Unilateral Forgiveness. So let's talk about the, uh, the, the detriments or the difficulties, those things that stop our unity. One of those things is a spirit of unforgiveness. We, we talk about strength and weakness. Those are positive and negative things. But one of the, th one of the things that Bishop Herman was trying to get through to us is how do we take power away from the devil? Remember, this talk was about spiritual warfare. He is the exorcist of our diocese. How do we take power away from the devil? Well, the first question is, what power does he have? What power does the devil have? Another heart saying, the only power the devil has is the power that you give him. And this spirit of unforgiveness is power that you're giving to the devil. You know, I got to tell you, it, it, it 
it's hard to make sense of this. Bishop Herman is saying, but by forgiving this person, you are creating a spirit of grace. You're allowing grace to come into the relationship. By dismissing that bad feeling of, of whatever it might be, when you're extending forgiveness, you are taking the devil's power away. You are taking him out of the atmosphere. You are actually exercising the relationship of the power of the devil. You know, th this is something that gives me a lot of pause. I I'm thinking, how in the world does this work? We have a concept, or we have a concept. Paul in, the, in Scripture talks about this concept of the body of Christ. Remember, when Paul was struck down off his horse, right? Our Lord said to him, he didn't say to him, why are you killing all these Christians? He didn't say that. He didn't say, why are you persecuting all of these followers of mine? He said, why are you persecuting me? The concept that Paul went on to teach about the body of Christ. What does it mean? It means we're all together, like it or not. We are one body. So how is this extending of unilateral forgiveness allowing us to become one? I'm going to talk about this in a negative fashion. Um, I'm going to ask you to imagine something. Uh, I don't know if you all cook. Uh, I'm not a very good cook, but I'm a, I'm a pretty good follower of directions. So if my daughters or my wife cooks, they usually call me to do the chopping. And <laughs> I'm always a little bit nervous. I don't want to take a little piece off the finger. I don't want to, frankly, I don't want to, you know, cut a finger off or something. But imagine that. Imagine that you wound up cutting off one of your fingers. Imagine the pain of that. The, the, the trauma, right, the psychological trauma, the, you know, fear of death a little bit, right? You're bleeding. You got to do something, the fear of infection. And it's just the little tip of your finger, maybe. I don't say when I get to the hospital, my finger is in pain. I say, I am in pain. And I get to the hospital, have some stitches put in or maybe something reattached. I don't say, my finger is causing me anguish. It's my whole body. I am in pain. I am in anguish. When we have a spirit of unforgiveness, we are causing this disunity in the body, right? Okay. There's the music again. This hour is just going to fly by, I think. So we are talking about people on the left and people on the right, right? The people on the right are those folks who you really love and where it's easy to have unity with them. The people on the left, those are those people who are really annoying us. What Bishop Herman asked us to think about is how much do we love them or how much do we lack loving them? And his hard words for us are, that's how much you love Jesus. This talk is going to be, this hour is, how can we all be one? We're going to continue after the break. Please tell some friends to tune in and uh, learn how to get rid of the devil and his power. 
So call a friend, tell them to join us, and we'll also give you some announcements on things that are going on here in the St. Louis area. I'm Peter Karutz. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents, coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri. We'll see you in a moment. Looking for a way to teach your children about our Catholic faith? Colby Academy has the solution, offering a curriculum that is loyal to the magisterium, classical, Ignatian, flexible, and affordable. Colby can help with all your homeschooling needs. We offer a wide range of services, including live online courses for those looking for assistance teaching their students, recorded self-paced courses for those who want teacher instruction while needing the flexibility to move at their own pace and traditional homeschool courses for maximum flexibility and home education. Our support services include advising for parents, record keeping and transcript services, a grading service, standardized testing and guidance and college counseling. For more information, check out their website at colby.org. That's K-O-L-B-E dot org. Or give them a call. Area code 707-255-6499. That's 707-255-6499. It's Colby Academy. St. Joseph Catholic Radio is proud to announce the launch of SJEN-TV, the St. Joseph Evangelization Network. SJEN-TV is a premier online Catholic broadcasting network providing quality Catholic programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We have programming such as live studio interviews, St. Joe's Java speaker presentations, current Catholic issues, and the Pro-Life series. We're featuring the many talented speakers out of Orange County, California, and this Archdiocese of St. Louis, Missouri including Professor John Gresham, Father James Mason, Karen Nokemper, Rick Hollerick, Bill Federer, and many more. To review the program list, go to sjen.tv or on Roku, sjen.tv. All this programming is free, and we are welcoming sponsorship of new programs. Find out more at sjen.tv. Welcome back to St. Joseph Radio Presents, coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm Peter Karutz, your host and your guest. And today we're talking about how we can all be one. When we started this out, I said we're going to talk about a few things. How can we all be one? How can we accomplish this? What are the benefits and does it really matter? You know, so far we've talked about creating a spirit of forgiveness. We've also tried to imagine those people who we really uh, uh, love, and it's easy to be one with them, and, and the benefits of that. We're going to talk more about that. And then right now, just before the break, we had a little bit of imagery, and we said, how much do we love our Lord? And Bishop Herman reminds us some hard words. We love the, our Lord as much as we love the person we love the least. That's really hard. That's really hard. And the imagery I tried to bring into that is the the uh, imagery that our Lord does and uh, gives us and Paul gives us in the, um, the mystical body of Christ. We are all part of the body. So if we cut off a finger, we cause pain to one piece of the, of the body. The whole body is in pain. It's the whole body. So before we get into this again, let me just remind you of our phone number. It's 636-447-6000. If you would like to attend the Catholic Man of the Year dinner, it's on June 13th. Call us there or come to us on our website at S-A-I-N-T, Saint Joseph Radio.net, uh, and uh, make a reservation. We need to support these good men. Uh, we men do a lot of stuff that are not so good, but let's honor the guys who are giving the rest of us men a good example. So please, think about joining us and supporting this fine effort. Um, we are going now to continue with perhaps some of the benefits 
of unity. You know, with my example of the finger getting cut off, that, that, that's a, um, you know, maybe not the most uh, personal example you could give, but it, 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 what it tries to do is put in your mind a sense of pain, right? The pain of disunity. But what about the joys of unity? Remember all those people we have on the right side of our page? We identified particular and specific people, right? And, and I'm hoping that you all, like me, are imagining the, the great feeling we have when we're with our people, right? I mentioned our men's group that uh, meets every, morning, every Saturday morning at 6.30. We met this morning. What a joy. I mean, if I don't go, I miss it. I, I mentioned that I'm going to go to a high school reunion. I can't wait. I haven't seen some of these people in over 40 years. It brings back all these memories of really being together. Here comes the left-hand turn. I was with my daughter driving her to Alabama. This is many years ago, and she was going to spend the next six weeks, seven weeks at the University of Alabama in what's called a ballet intensive. And it's a long drive, uh, we, I think we wound up stopping in Memphis. But anyway, it was a Saturday afternoon, and I knew what was going to go on on Sunday. We were going to be busy. So on Saturday afternoon, I hit the app on my phone, and guess what? I found that there was mass at 5 o'clock in this little town that I didn't know the name of. And uh, it was about the town was about uh, 10 minutes away, and mass was in 20. So I turned to my daughter. I say, honey, we're going to mass on Saturday night in little town in Alabama. And she just looked horrified. You know, for a, for a young person, maybe especially daughters, I only know girls' daughters, I don't have any sons, um, being embarrassed is one of the worst things you can do. Uh, you, you know, it's, it's, it's um, worse than death. Um, you, you can't be embarrassed, right? So she's a little anxious. She says, well, well what do you mean? We're, we don't know those people. We're, we're, we're going to be invading their church. I, they're going to look at us funny. They'll, they'll think we're creeping them out. There's another word I'm, re, I'm learning, creeping. And I said, uh, as, a, as a good father does, you listen very carefully to your child. And he said, we're going to do it anyway. And <laughs> we, it's, not a, it's not a negotiation. We're going to do it. So we do. We go. We're there on time. We walk in, don't know a soul, quite literally. And my daughter it looks as uncomfortable as can be. Guess what? Mass starts. And, and Mass at this church is just like Mass at our parish. Well, the musical's a little different. Uh, the announcements are made differently because there's different announcements. But Mass got underway, and we... I, uh, I know I was, and, but she did too. She got comfortable. She was right there together with everybody else. And after Mass, we're walking out, and I know you all are thinking the same question. Did anybody notice that these two odd people from St. Louis were in their little church and they had never shown up before? Do you really think they notice us? Do you really Guess what? <laughs> Absolutely. They noticed us right away. We, we, were, we didn't belong there. We weren't, we weren't in their parish. And I don't remember the name of the parish, but it was, it was like our guardian angel or, or, or no, 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 no. It was a St. Uh, Michael the Archangel or St. Raphael. It was one of the archangels. And, and at the front of this church, 
there were these two statues of angels. So my daughter and I, we walk out, and guess what? Everybody's coming up to us, and they're saying hello to us and introducing us. They want to know what our names are and where we're coming from and where we're going and how come we're there. And they're about as welcoming as could possibly be. My daughter felt absolutely loved. It was like, it was like a big, big hug. She, she was at her church. She was at her church. We were at our church just as much and maybe more so than if we were at our own parish. Why? Because we are one. The word Catholic means, quite literally in Greek, universal. We were at our own church. Was my daughter embarrassed? No way. Was she uncomfortable? Maybe for a minute when we just walked in, but all of a sudden, we were with our people. We were in our own church hearing the same scriptures that every Catholic hears at every church on that particular Sunday around the world. What are the benefits of unity? This is. It's family. It's familial. It's covenantal. We are one family. We are one body in Christ. Think of it. Think of the alternative. If we had driven by, we might have argued a little bit. I might have, you know, been upset with my daughter for convincing me not to go to mass. Uh, she would still be thinking that she would have felt embarrassed. What did we benefit? We got the grace of Mass. We got the benefit of seeing our brothers and sisters in another town, in another church, who really loved us. They didn't know us, but they loved us. But you know what? They did know us. We were their brothers and sisters. Let's read John 17, verse 20 and following with all the words. Our Lord is in the garden of Gethsemane, or going to it. And he says, I pray not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me through their words, praying for the apostles, so that they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me and that I have given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. This prayer that our Lord made is more than unity. It's, it's proclaiming the body of Christ that we are all one. It's his great wish that we spread the word, that we realize who he was, and we pray the gospels to our brothers and sisters. I am going to, uh, rarely do I give anybody homework, and I can't do it because I'm not your teacher and there is no grade, <laughs> but I'm going to encourage you, look up the gospel of John, chapter 17, verse 21, and read it. Read the verses that follow, and I'll tell you this, 
that at the end of verse 26 it says, Righteous Father, the world also does not know you, but I know you, that they know that you sent me. Make known to them your name, and I will make it known that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. And then the last words are, and then Jesus goes to the garden. Jesus is arrested moments later, and you know what happens then. Jesus is betrayed by a kiss, by Judas, a friend. Let's talk about the benefits of unity in the moments we have left. One of my favorite, no, my favorite author is Peter Kreeft. Uh, he, he's, the, he's the kind of guy who writes faster than you can read. He's a professor of philosophy at Boston College. He's a convert. Uh, and his latest book, which I'll confess to you I haven't read, I have certain pieces of it, is How to Destroy Western Civilization and Other Ideas from the Cultural Abyss. I'll say that again. Maybe you'll pick it up. How to Destroy Western Civilization and Other Ideas from the Cultural Abyss. When we started this talk, we talked about contemporary society and canceling and, and, and not being able to talk to each other, you know, folks who disagree. So let me, let me read a, a quick quote from his book. It's short. I'm going to read it twice. Remember, Kreeft is the Chesterton of our age. Very few words. Here we go. Tolerance is the last virtue of a man who has lost all others. Let me say that again. Tolerance is the last virtue of a man who has lost all others. Think about it. Think about it. You know, tolerance has such a misunderstood meaning today. Tolerance today means to listen to and engage with only those people who agree with you and then cause a division, cause a wall, cancel people. Tolerance is the last virtue of the man who's lost all the other virtues. It's dividing us. It's dividing us. Can you imagine, especially in this, in this time we live in at the end, hopefully, pray, pray God, the end of this pandemic, can you imagine if scientists didn't debate ideas? They, they didn't listen to each other when they were trying to figure out the answers. Imagine two scientists who wouldn't talk to each other because they didn't agree. We would have never found out what's causing this virus and how to prevent it and maybe a vaccine. If we are too busy judging the ideas, we sometimes slip into judging people's hearts. Look, we should judge ideas. We should debate ideas. But we should not impute bad intentions into other people's hearts. More scripture, 1 Corinthians 4.3. 
do, this is Paul speaking, I do not even judge myself. My conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Don't even judge your own heart. Look, if you shouldn't judge your own heart, why should you judge somebody else's heart? Listen to the ideas, but be one. What is the benefit? The benefit is you're going to improve your faith, improve your knowledge, take the devil out of the relationship, improve friendships, lower anxiety. There's lots of benefits. There's lots of benefits. And don't you want people to listen to you? We all do, right? But what do we do when someone doesn't, when, when, when somebody doesn't agree with us, they walk away. So let me tell you a story. I was at a fundraiser for um, uh, Thrive. It was a dinner. This is a, long, a couple of years ago. It was a hot summer. You know, those days when we could actually get together with people. And uh, it was hot. I had a car full of people, and I dropped them all off at the front door of this hotel downtown. And I turned around to go and park the car. Yes, that means I didn't pay for valet and I'm cheap. Okay, I was going to a fundraiser, something better to do with the money. And as I was leaving, I noticed that there was a dozen people with signs out front yelling and screaming, shouting, shaking their fists. And I went and parked the car. When I came back, I had to walk right in front of them. Actually, I didn't. I had to walk across the street to walk right in front of them. So I did, and I said, I'm going to this event, and I'd love to listen to what you have to say. Let me tell you what they said. But first, let me tell you that this is St. Joseph Radio Presents, coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. I'm your host and your guest, Peter Karutz. Today, we're talking about may we all be one. It is our Lord's Prayer. We're going to talk about the benefits, how to do it, and is it, is it really worth it? And I started a story about a fundraiser that I attended, and I'm about to engage these 10, 12, 14 different protesters. Let me tell you, I came up and I was able to say, I'm here, I'm going to this event, and I want to listen to what you think and have to say. So in all honesty, I hardly got a word in edgewise. They just yelled at me for about 15 minutes. <laughs> I, but I listened, and um, uh, and at at the appropriate time, I thought, man, I gotta I gotta go inside, and uh, I said uh, I said, well, I've got to go, uh, and uh, I, but I'm glad I had an opportunity to listen to you, and uh, and the one person kind of yelled at me, and they said, you are judging us, you're saying we're all sinners. Remember the words of Paul. I said, I'm not judging you. I'm a sinner. I'm as, as much of a sinner as you are. Uh, I can't judge you. I shouldn't judge you. You know, my faith does not allow me to judge you. I'll tell you what came to mind at that time. Mother Teresa was in a not-so-dissimilar circumstance. There was uh, somebody yelling at her. Who could yell at this poor little old saintly nun? But someone's there yelling at them and saying almost the same words. I mean, it really hit me when, when they said, you're judging us. And this woman 
said to Mother Teresa, yelling at her, said, you're judging me. You're judging me. And Mother Teresa turns to her with a smile and he says, I'm not. She says, yes, you're judging me. And she says, I can't. Mother Teresa said, I can't be judging you. If I'm busy judging you, I can't be loving you. Mother Teresa said, if I'm too busy judging you, I can't be loving you. That is what we are called to do. We're called to love each other. Remember Bishop Herman's difficult words, the person you love the least is how much you love Jesus. We are called to love everyone. Think about these folks who I encountered, who encountered me. They wanted me to listen to what they had to say. Why wouldn't we? Why shouldn't we? You know, uh, we Catholics are staunchly pro-life. Why shouldn't we go and read the literature that's put out by the pro-choice people? Well, we, we should. We absolutely should. That's what we want them to do. How can we know them? If we don't read and try and understand what they're saying, how can we know them if we don't even listen to them? The best thing we can do is listen and pray. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of that tome, the Summa Theologica, which is a short summary of the faith by Thomas Aquinas. Why is it so good? Why is it so really, really good? It's done in a, um, uh, in a topical fashion. And what, what Thomas would do is he would present the case uh, opposite to his shall we say, of his opponents. But what he would do, remember, he's wicked smart. He's, you know, he's kind of like the same kind of guy as Peter Crift. Wicked smart, but really, can, really so understandable. What he did first is he would present the position of his opponent. Not weakly, dimly, poorly. He would do it better than his opponents ever could. What does that mean? He understood them. He listened to them. And then afterwards he would present the true position, the right position. Why is it effective? Because he understood them. He listened to them. He loved them. He loved them. So what happened with this group out in front of uh, of uh, this Thrive organization, organization that helps women in crisis, uh, pregnancy crisis. What did I do? I, I went inside. And I got to tell you, when I went inside, I don't know if you've been outside in August, I know you have, in uh, St. Louis with a suit and tie. You're hot <laughs> and the, the cool air hits you and whoosh, it, it cools you down quickly. And I went up to the bar and, then, and they had bottles of water there and I realized, I'm hot. I'm in air conditioning. So I grabbed a bunch of bottles of water and went, up, went back out to the group. Didn't say anything. I just said, here, I thought you guys could use some bottles of water. And that was good because it gave an opportunity to yell at me some more. And, and, and uh, I offered it to them. I tried to hand it to them. And they said, take it away. We don't want it. We don't want that from you. I said, ah, okay. I kind of smiled and I set them all down. And I'm starting to walk away. And one of the men picked up a bottle of water he said, thank you. He said, and here's what he said. He said, I'll pray for you. I don't know 
what he was praying. Maybe he was praying I'd trip and break my leg. I don't think so. But think about the benefits of unity. Think about what Mother Teresa said. I can't love you if I'm judging you. The first step to understanding is to extend love. To extend love. We have just a few minutes left, and I'd like to talk about maybe some of the benefits of unity. And unity is often made or broken in marriage and in family. And it isn't these big things, it's the little things. It's the conversation you have with your children. It's the listening to your wife instead of being like me and pontificating and telling them what to do. But it's all these little things that happen over the years. There's a man who lived in the time of uh, the Romans. He was a good man. He was a simple man, and he worked hard for his family. He had two sons. Um, and he, ha- he came to an untimely death when his children were just finding what they are aspiring to do and to be in their lives. And he, he, uh, he dies. Uh, sometimes I think that's uh, one of the most difficult things to do as a father, as a man, as St. Joseph, to perhaps leave your children and your family before your job is done. St. Joseph realized what we should realize, and that is that God has taken care of him, not us. But anyway, so he dies, he goes to heaven. Um, And uh, he had two sons. He had one that was a poet and one that wanted to be a Roman soldier. So you have one who is a man of words and phrases, and the other is a man of action. Anyway, so an angel meets him there in heaven, and he's walking around to all these different places in, in heaven. And he's amazed. And, and as we know, in heaven, we're outside of time. And, and he's walking them around, and he's seeing these beautiful things, and he's seeing people, and, and, it, and it seems like just a few minutes. But finally, the angel says, would you like to know what happened to your, to your sons? And he says, yes, I would. He says, you know, 2,000 years have passed, and the words of your, sons, your son has been repeated around the world. He says, I knew that boy would do well. He says, no, it isn't the poet. It's the Roman soldier. The words are, I'm not worthy to come under your roof. To come, you, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but when, your word alone will cure my servant. Look, little things create peace and have impact for generations, if not millennia. Please come and join us the next time we're on the air at the same time. Next week, as uh, I don't know what's next week, but the week after that is Father Augustine Weta. He's a wonderful man. We look forward to having him here. Please go out, sow peace and joy and love and forgiveness. And God bless you all. You've been listening to St. Joseph Radio Presents from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. If you would like to join us in our evangelization efforts, you can order a copy of today's broadcast or any of our past programs by visiting us on our website, stjosephradio.net. That's S-A-I-N-T, josephradio.net. Or call us, 636-447-6000. It's all at your fingertips to help us evangelize the world, bringing the good news of Christ to everyone you meet and change one soul at a time. Thank you for your prayers and support. Until next time, may God bless you and your family. This has been a presentation of St. Joseph Radio Presents.